It's said that your real life begins where your comfort zone ends. Well, it's about to get real as we have radically authentic conversations to help you thrive in your personal and professional life while navigating the twists and turns of being human. Buckle up, because this might get uncomfortable. Starts right now with Whitney Lordson. Hey, today's episode may feel a bit all over the place, and I often feel insecure about that because I have this idea that for content to be good, like a podcast, like a video, that it needs to be concise. We live in this world where content like TikTok, which is actually going to be part of the focus today, Because of platforms like TikTok, I think we become used to or start to prefer very short content. We prefer things, or let me speak about myself. I tend to prefer watching things that get, or listening to things that get to the point really quickly, (laughs) that feel cohesive, that feel like I'm learning something, I'm getting something from them. And On TikTok, I find my attention span is so short that if something doesn't capture my interest really quickly, I swipe past it. And I think a lot of us are becoming that way. Social media in general has shortened our attention span, has changed the way we consume and connect. And that's really interesting from a lot of different angles, but especially for me as a content creator, I typically create very differently than I consume. And so I feel self-conscious a lot of the times. I feel afraid that I will lose people's interest. And that's kind of interesting, isn't it? As content creators, I often hear other content creators saying things like they're strategically trying to shape their content in a way that holds people's interest because we've been conditioned to believe that if we don't hold people's interest, then we're doing it wrong. And what has happened to me, and I think many others, is that we're no longer in touch with ourselves because we're so focused on what other people want. And this has been an ongoing theme of this show, but really something on my mind. Because I could tell that this episode would probably be a bit tangential. It would go in a lot of different directions. And the whole show is like that in a lot of ways. Sometimes I listen back to these episodes and I just feel incredibly insecure (laughs) and it's so tough, but then there's something deep down that keeps me going, keeps me coming back. And what's interesting is I listen to other shows sometimes and I feel like I actually really like it when they're tangential. I like the conversations, not the interviews. I listened to Glennon Doyle's podcast recently and hers really felt that way. It reminded me of the episode I did with Liz McDowell on my show, which is actually one of the most popular episodes, definitely of recent releases, but maybe of all time. I think it falls into the top 15 episodes at least. And it's so interesting because when I first listened back to that episode, the day it came out, I felt like so embarrassed because I kept saying the word like. I noticed that I don't feel conscious of myself saying that word very often. But when I listened back to that episode, that's all I could hear. Like, 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 like. We both were saying it, but I've just noticed myself maybe sounding like I didn't have things all together. And that, that in itself ties really into the inspiration for this episode. Speaking of other episodes, I want to give a quick plug to a podcast that I was on recently called the Plant Powered People Podcast. If you either found my show through that episode, first of all, welcome. And second of all, if you've never heard of that show before, that's done by my friends, Michelle and Tony, who I've known for many years due to content creation. They are both creators or influencers. And I really liked that episode. I remember when we recorded it feeling like it wasn't that good of an episode. But when I listened back to it months later, we recorded that in in June 2021. And you can really tell because I 
referenced this show a number of times and Jason. And unfortunately, that episode came out in mid-February 2022, months after Jason departed this show. So there are some things that are now outdated about that episode. But we talked about compassion, fade, and fatigue, which Jason and I had addressed on this show last year. And Tony and Michelle wanted to talk about it, especially in the context of veganism. And I really loved that conversation, the three of us talking. And it's just so interesting how we can feel insecure about things at one point and then later on look back at them. And there can be a shift basically where maybe what felt insecure in the moment, we look back on and we're like, oh, actually it wasn't that bad. Or wow, I I actually feel proud of that. Other times though, and this happens to me a lot, I do something and feel really confident about it. And then later on, look back on it and it makes me cringe. (laughs) And I just think that's so relatable. In fact, one thing I wanted to bring up is this video I saw on TikTok from a wonderful woman. Her account is called The Little Garden, and I'll link to it in the show notes. She created this quick, short video about accepting yourself completely. And before she even started, I found myself leaning into her because she's recording it in what looks like to be Arizona, maybe Sedona if I were to guess, which I love Arizona so much. I've often wondered if I could live there. It just makes me feel amazing. And I'm scheduled to go there in May. And uh, actually, my heart's giving a beat right now because I'm also planning to go to Colorado. I bought tickets for a concert, the very first concert that I've been to since COVID. And it's interesting because I think the last concert I went to was on November 23rd, 2019. I looked it up. I did not remember the date off the top of my head, but it was to see Ray LaMontagne, who's one of my favorite musicians. I've made it my goal not to miss a concert of his. And that's just been over the past probably four years or so. I've seen him many times and I just feel amazing listening to his music in general, but especially live. If you haven't heard him at all, I hope you look him up. And uh, anyways, I saw him last in Los Angeles at the small venue on November 23rd, 2019. And I believe that I didn't go to another concert since. And I just bought tickets to see him play at Red Rocks, which is right now my favorite concert venue. It's an outdoor amphitheater in the rocks outside of Denver. And so anyways, this I just love Colorado and Arizona, and I can't wait to go back. And I really hope that nothing gets in the way of that, mainly COVID. So we'll see. But I found this video from the Little Garden, and it's this lovely older woman who just looks like kind of a a grandma type, just a soothing older woman presence. And she's outdoors. And I just wanted to hear what she had to say. And also on her TikTok, it says the phrase, accept yourself completely. You are okay. And she shares this quote. I don't know if it's of hers, if it's original or not, but it ends with the phrase, Everything I feel, think, say, and do is a necessary part of my awakening. And wow, did that bring me comfort because I feel so self-critical of myself. And I imagine you might as well or have in the past, or you at least know somebody who feels that. It's so common for us to feel unworthy, not good enough. It's so common for us to want to be perfect and really struggle when we don't feel perfect. I think about that so much. I think about that a lot as I go through TikTok and how I respond to people. It reminds me of that episode I did recently of the ick factor too. And if I can reframe things in this mentality of that everything I'm doing, feeling, thinking, saying, is actually necessary, then maybe I can be less hard on myself. And that is very, very comforting. I should probably reflect on this every day. (laughs) 
I wish I could have this actual woman from the little garden on TikTok saying that to me. And so I followed her and want to be intentional about looking up her videos. And that will tie into some of the other videos, actually, I want to reference. I have two other videos on TikTok that really inspired this episode. Before I get to that, though, I've been thinking a lot about my work these days and how it's shifting. There are two big projects that I've been diving deeper and deeper into. One has been evolving over the past two years, and that's called Beyond Measure. And it brings me immense joy to share that as of just a few days ago, as of mid-February, I guess it's probably like the 15th or 16th of February, I finally set up Beyond Measure for anyone to join. And if you don't know about Beyond Measure yet, it is a private community I created about two years ago, and it came out of my desire to connect with people on a deeper level. It came out of my frustrations with platforms like YouTube, where I felt two big issues. One is that I've been using platforms like YouTube and this podcast as a form of connection and self-expression. And I think a lot of my insecurities about my content comes from years and years and years of criticism from strangers, from people who have come on to my YouTube channels mainly, and just written discouraging things, critical things, mean things, bullying, harassment, just things that have broken my heart and caused me to feel so insecure and second-guess myself constantly, never feel good enough. It triggered all of those things that were already there. But those comments and even the thumbs down on YouTube, it felt like I was being harassed. And not, you know, I use this as a very relative, loose term, but it was a form of harassment and bullying, especially the thumbs downs. I mean, to this day, every time I post a YouTube video, even when there are only a few views on it, there will be a thumbs down. I have imagined or assumed that it's the same one or two people that are determined to give me thumbs down, which is harassment, right? It just has gotten me to the point so many times where I just didn't want to engage at all. And that is how Beyond Measure started. I thought, wow, I would love a safe place, a supportive place where I would not receive that. And not only for myself, but to give that to others. So two years ago, I found a platform called Circle, which is a community-based platform. And I'm so deeply grateful for it. I had spent so much time trying to find the right place to have this community. I didn't want to do it on Facebook group. In fact, I didn't want to do it on social media because I wanted it to be kind of anti-social media. Not not to say that I'm against social media, of course, but I wanted it to be away from it and protected from that. I, I wanted it to be truly private. I wanted it to be a place where it would be very hard for trolls to come in. Now, I probably still need to take some more steps to prevent it, but so far it has remained the safe place up until Recently, it's been invite only, but I, as I mentioned, finally opened it up so anyone can join. And I found some ways to kind of protect the community. So there are kind of different tiers set up. So when you first join Beyond Measure, you go in to just see if it's for you and for me to kind of, for lack of a better term, vet people to make sure that it's not somebody coming in to like be a troll. And then you can join the calls. We have weekly calls every Saturday that center around all different elements of supporting one another. So for example, tomorrow we have an accountability session and it's just a place to hold space for one another to get things done. And people show up on the calls and we talk for a little bit and then spend about 20 or 30 minutes doing something that we're procrastinating. And we hold that space to be accountable. And it does wonders. I love it. There's always these great stories of people that have gotten things done, myself included. I look forward to that one because we alternate through different 
topics. We have sessions that are about finances. We have sessions about general self-care where everybody shares things that are working well for them. We occasionally have calls that are group meal preparation. We just did our very first one in January and it was so amazing. Everybody made a lasagna and oh my gosh, it blew me away because I wasn't sure what to expect, but we collectively voted on a recipe and everybody showed up to the call, which is, you know, a virtual Zoom like call. It's not on Zoom, it's on Circle's platform. And everybody made lasagna. And I was so surprised at how fun that was to make things all at once or make things with a group of people virtually. I'd never done it before. But I ended up making something that I wouldn't normally make and it was incredible. And now I'm craving lasagna in this moment. That sounds so good. Anyways, so Beyond Measure has brought me immense joy after doing it for coming up on two years. And now you can join too is my big point in bringing this up. But my aim is that everybody feels included and not judged. And so far that has been the case. People from all over the country, people from other countries have joined. Actually, one of the most active members is from Canada. I've had people from the UK, and I'm hoping that we branch out, but it's men and women. It's people that do all different things, different ages. And what's at the core beyond measure is that everybody is welcome and we're trying not to focus on our differences. We're trying to focus on what we have in common. You know, I think it's my my big aim and what I think it has become is that everybody feels worthy of being there. Whereas Due to some of the things I said at the very beginning of this episode, a lot of us get caught up in our what our perceived unworthiness. For me, I get nervous about being judged for my appearance. Are people going to think that I don't look put together? Like right now, if you're watching the YouTube video, which by the way, I am months and months behind of publishing videos. I record every single episode and they're all queued up. One of these days, I will put them on YouTube. So you're probably not watching this video anytime soon. And if you're listening and wondering why I haven't published on YouTube, it's just a bandwidth issue. I have not had the energy to focus on YouTube for this channel. Anyways, though, if you do see my videos, you know, I get nervous about being judged for what my hair looks like or my lack of makeup. I get worried that I look heavier than usual, you know, or that people are seeing my age and my gray hairs and my clothes, you know, I could just go on and on But the reason I show up with my hair messy and undyed, the reason I show up without makeup most times and try to let go of whatever size my body is on any given time is that it just doesn't matter. My value is beyond measure and you are beyond measure. As Marion Williamson says, we are powerful beyond measure. That was part of the inspiration for the name is that I literally wanted to have a place that embodied that idea of everybody's value beyond any possible measurements, whether it's your body size, your gender, your age, your appearance, how much money you make. And that also has become more and more important to me lately, especially as I've been getting involved in the Web3 space. And one of these days I may devote a whole episode to it, but I don't fully feel like it's necessary because I have a new show that's all about Web3. And if you don't know what Web3 is, it is based around cryptocurrency, NFTs, which are non-fungible tokens. You probably are hearing a lot about it these days. The metaverse, decentralized finance. And if all those terms feel foreign or confusing to you, that's exactly why I created a show. I started getting involved with Web3 projects in 2021 I was buying some crypto. I got on this platform called Rally. I had launched my own social token. So I basically have my own cryptocurrency economy and really interested and passionate about it. But everybody in my personal life that I would talk to felt confused about Web3. And I I found myself unsure how to talk about it. So I decided about a month ago to launch this daily series and Almost every single day for the past month, I have recorded a video and turned that into an audio. So if you go to my website, WhitneyLauritson.com, you can actually find the link to Beyond Measure if you want to check that out. And you will also find the link to the Web3 project if you want to check that out. And both are free. There's no money involved with them right now. Eventually, 
beyond measure, I plan to charge something for it. I was actually thinking of integrating that with my cryptocurrency, which is called the Wellcoin, but it's become a little complex. Right now, though, members are being rewarded, meaning that, and this is something I'm currently working on right now, is giving my social token, the Wellcoin, to members of Beyond Measure based on their activity. So just the other day, I this is a little behind the scenes, I found that I can see how active members are within Beyond Measure. And I want to reward them for their participation because they're the people that show up to the calls. They're the people that post things and ask questions and interact with other people. And I feel like people should be rewarded for that. So I'm giving away cryptocurrency to them for that. It's kind of like you earn points with your credit card or your air miles or, you know, any rewards program you're part of. That's what I've been using the Wellcoin for. And my Wellcoin is on this platform called Rally, where you can actually convert that to US dollars or other forms of cryptocurrency. If it sounds confusing to you, don't worry. You don't have to do anything about it right now. But these are the things that I cover in my Web3 with Whitney project. And it's just been immensely rewarding. But how that ties into today's topic, to get back to the core, is that Web3 feels so overwhelming to me, even though I am deep in it. Something that comes up daily is feeling less than, I guess, feeling some of that insecurity, feeling not good enough. And to get specific, I notice Web3 feels a bit... Now, when I refer to Web3, I mean people that are in Web3. So people that have their own cryptocurrency like me, like the social tokens, people that are making NFTs, people that are developing metaverse projects and all of this stuff. Like many of my friends and perhaps like you, it feels overwhelming and it's very chaotic. So I spend time on Twitter, which I would recommend to you. I talk about Twitter every day on my Web3 series because I would say that the majority of people that are doing and interested in Web3 are on Twitter. And you go on there and it feels to me like being in a big conference. And I actually brought up, was it on the Ick Factor episode? I don't think. I think it was in a separate episode, which if you haven't listened to it, I, I talked about how I've been really reflecting on what events will feel like for me now that we've been through and are currently in this pandemic. You know, I'm I've planning on going to this big event in March in Anaheim, California, which I talked about on whatever that episode was recently. And I think it was the Navigating Neurodivergence episode, perhaps. And I'm also planning to go to a Web3 event in May in Arizona. That's part of my Arizona trip that I mentioned. And I've been just really thinking about them a lot because I'm nervous about going to them. And I think the reason I'm nervous is very similar to the reason I feel a lot of inferiority in the Web3 space and Twitter specifically, is that I get overwhelmed when there's a ton of information coming at me, when there's a ton of people talking at once. And this also ties into what I said at the beginning, where my brain tends to like things that are concise and or cohesive. So TikTok, for example, I generally like it because I can get information really quickly. I can scroll through things that don't interest me fast. And I like things like that little garden video, which was just very simple and it gave me a good feeling. I got a message from it and I could move on, right? I don't like things that are all over the place, which again is weird because I'm an all over the place creator. <laughs> How is it that the way that I create is so vastly different from what I enjoy consuming. I don't know. But the good news is that in the podcast world, what you like does not need to be what you like to consume. So I think that that's okay. It may be relatable. And that ties into conferences because the event that I'm supposed to go to in March is the Natural Products Trade Show. And wow, get uncomfortable just thinking about that event. <laughs> I talked about a few episodes back how it's going to be very different for me this year, not only because of COVID, but because I'm recognizing my neurodivergence for the first time and noticing how anxious I get and how uncomfortable I feel and how 
hard it is for my brain to process that many people at once and how tough it is for me to be in chaotic spaces where there's just so much going on and so many people and so much information to take in and even the bright lights in those spaces and the noises. And, you know, for me, I'm very sensitive. So the noise just causes so much anxiety and stress with me. And I'm so grateful that I understand that now because I think I just have pushed it away so much. And when things move at a really fast pace, I feel really anxious because I like slow things. I like calmness. And as I mentioned a few episodes back, it's been interesting reflecting on like, well, why have I gone to all these events in the past? And why do, why do I now spend so much time on Twitter when it feels chaotic? And why do I feel insecure and unworthy in those places? I'm still figuring that out. Yeah. Why is that ongoing? I never, you know, I never feel, I shouldn't even say never. I rarely feel like I fit in. I rarely feel good enough. But those are also qualities of someone who's neurodivergent. And so that's why the self-testing and the reflection and the research I've done about neurodivergence has been so helpful because it kind of explains it. It's like, oh, okay, I just don't naturally fit in because being neurodivergent means that you're not typical. You're not neurotypical. So of course, when you don't feel like you fit in, you're going to feel like an outsider. You're going to feel different and maybe even insecure. Now, I think there are also benefits to being different. It makes you stand out, right? So I think the times where I feel comfortable, it's like I'm embracing the fact that I'm different. I'm seeing that as an advantage, I suppose. And going back to what the little garden said, I I think if I can just continue to accept wherever I'm at and embrace all the discomfort as is the the mission of this podcast, it helps me feel more secure there, but I have to constantly find my balance and and ground myself. And I've noticed that a lot on Twitter. So to get back into that, in the Web3 space, given that it feels to me like, actually another good metaphor for this, it's like moving to a new town as a teenager and enrolling in a new school or going to college. That's another good reference. Perhaps you went to college in a different state, or in my case, I grew up in Massachusetts, and I also went to college in Massachusetts. So it wasn't a new state, wasn't a new city per se. I went to school in Boston, but it felt different for me because I had never been to that college before. I'd never, I had kind of like been to colleges, but it was all these new people. And I studied film production at school, at college, and Maybe like Twitter's bringing up all these like past emotional traumas of being so excited about filmmaking. I had been making short films for years. That's why I went to film school. I wanted to work in that industry. Very similar to now how I've been dabbling in Web3 stuff for a little while and feel like this is going to be a big part of my career. But when I go onto Twitter, it reminds me of stepping onto my college campus for the first time and seeing all these other people that have the same interest and passion. And they're all strangers. And I'm thinking, oh, I'm no longer a big fish in a small pond. I'm a small fish in a big pond. And another example of that is like, I was one of the only people at my high school who was making short movies. So I was known as the filmmaker in my high school. There was at the time, this was before iPhones, <laughs> I, you know, brought in my camcorder and very few people even had camcorders at that time. So I would walk around school shooting these short films and nobody else was doing it. So I felt really cool. I liked actually that difference of me. I felt the sense of like, yeah, I'm the only one. This makes me special. This makes me unique. But when I got to film school, I was like, oh, shoot. I am not unique at all. Everybody's doing the same thing. That's how I feel on Twitter and other elements of Web3. I'm like, oh, in my personal life, I'm one of the only people I know doing Web3 projects. But on Twitter, everybody seems to be doing Web3. And the way that I tend to cope in those environments is make friends. And that actually, the more I think about it, kind of relates to going to these conferences. Wow. 
in this moment, I'm realizing that. And it's so fascinating. <laughs> Maybe that's part of where the anxiety is. When I go to the Natural Products Expo, I feel the sense of excitement because I'm like around my people. These people understand me and get it. But I'm also around all these other people that are interested in doing the same things. And I'm constantly presented with people who seem to be doing it better. Just like in college, entering into that space where there are tons of talented filmmakers, I felt less less confident about myself because suddenly I couldn't be the best by default of being the only one. I now was in this pool of a ton of other people that did the same and similar things as me. And some of them seem to be a heck of a lot better at it than me or a lot more experienced. You know, now that I'm reflecting on it, I remember like my freshman year of college, there was this group that I joined. I think it was called Frames Per Second FPS. I don't know if group is the right term, but it was like a, you know, filmmakers group within my college. And I joined it. I was like so excited to go to film school. I wanted to hit the ground running because my thought was if I can be successful in college, then I'll be successful in the film industry. So I think literally my first week of college, I started working on a short film. And that, (laughs) all these memories are coming up. So I'm really going to digress here. I, (laughs) so, I joined this this group and that led me to this short film. And I'm pretty sure the very first short film I worked on was where I met my first college. I don't know if he was ever a boyfriend, but we dated for maybe like a few months or so. And, you know, in college and high school, like that feels like such a long time. And wow, nostalgia, all these all these memories are flooding back. (laughs) It's making me laugh for a few different reasons because I dreamt about this guy seemingly at random, but maybe the reason I I dreamt about him like a few days ago, maybe the reason he showed up in my dreams was because Web3 is my freshman year of college, which it didn't even occur to me until this recording. And I'm laughing because uh, this guy asked me out on a date. I'd never gone on a date before. I'd barely dated anyone. Because in high school, I grew up in a really small town and nobody seemed that interested in me because everybody grew up with each other. And it seemed like the guys in my school were only interested in like new girls that like moved to town or transferred in. Like those were always like the cool girls to date. And I was just like that girl that literally knew most of my classmates since we were in preschool or kindergarten. That's how small of a town I grew up in. And actually, I think to my recollection, the first guy that really showed interest in me had transferred into my school. And then any other guy in that you know, high school experience was like someone I met outside of school somehow. So I didn't have a lot of dating experience. And then it wasn't until my senior year of, gosh, I'm going on a major tangent, but I feel like people like stories like this. So I'm just going to assume you want to hear this. My first kiss was with a guy I met while visiting my cousins in Ohio. It was actually like a really cool first kiss story. So send me a message if you want to hear. I will tell the first kiss story in a separate episode if at least one of you reaches out and asks for it. And I want to know, like, what do you want to (laughs) know? I don't know. Do you even care about this? Anyways, I had a cool first kiss story. My second kiss was with a guy I met while doing a film program in New York City. And he is the whole reason I went vegan, by the way, had a huge ripple effect in my life. I still kind of know him, but we had a falling out as friends. And that's a whole nother story if you ever want to hear it. But I actually mentioned him on the Plant Powered People podcast. So even though I'm going in a lot of different directions today, it all ties back into each other. So that was my second kiss. And then I think my third kiss was with this guy I met at a gym like near my town that I grew up. And anyway, so I think the fourth guy that I kissed and like actually went on my very first official date, like he took me out to a restaurant. That was my freshman year of college. And what's interesting about him is he became a really successful filmmaker. And I think part of the reason I dreamt about him the other day is I was randomly 
watching TV or something a few weeks ago and saw a trailer for a new movie. And he was in the credits as like a producer of this big time. I don't even remember what movie it was, but it had like some big actor in it. And yeah, like I went to a really good film school. So a number of people that I went to college with became very successful in the film industry. Anyways, that whole story came out of... (laughs) Me going into this film group. And the reason I thought about that is because I remember there was this one guy that was like a few years older than me. And he was like the filmmaker. Like everybody at school was like, this guy is so cool and he's so good. And I worked on one of his films eventually. And I just remember him coming across as so in his ego. Like he could care less about me because I was just some freshman. And I remember that treatment I had so much in the film industry in general, not just in college, but throughout my work in film, I have experienced people that disregard me because either I'm young or I'm a woman or they perceive me as inexperienced because I don't have this huge resume on IMDb or whatever. Like that is was my general experience. And probably the reason I don't work in film anymore, to be honest, Jason and I did an episode about this earlier on on this show, and I mentioned how there's just so many negative experiences because people in these industries tend to value you based on so many superficial metrics. And that ties back into exactly why I started Beyond Measure, or one of the reasons, in addition to my bad experiences with harassment and stuff on the internet, I also have experienced so much judgment based on my superficial measurements of who I am. And I don't think anybody should have to go through. I think that's an awful element of humanity. And that's probably why Web3 has been a bit of a challenge because it's putting me back in that cycle that I've been through so many times, putting me back in the experience of entering college as a freshman and feeling like I don't know anyone and everybody's judging me for being new or disregarding me, ignoring me because I'm new and I'm young. Always hated that feeling. When I was a kid, my mom would notice how I was so eager to grow up. She's like, why do you want to be older? I always wanted to like be a different age, you know? And that's interesting now because I'm at a stage where I feel insecure about getting older because I think, unfortunately, our society judges us for being older. Our society also judges us for being young. They associate young people with a lack of experience or knowledge and old people with what? Like, I don't even like ageism is bizarre to me in so many levels. But anyways, my point being that since I was a little kid, I wanted to be a different age. And I think that's because I wanted to feel respected. I wanted to feel important. I wanted to be taken seriously. And that was so frustrating, the beginning of college. And it's also interesting because I went through college and I don't feel like I became more respected for being a sophomore Wait, what, what is it? Freshman, sophomore? What's in between that and senior? I am blanking on what's the third year of college considered? I don't know. But <laughs> junior? Is that it? Freshman, sophomore, junior, so- senior. Okay. You know, even those titles, those are used like junior and senior in work environments. And so I remember too, like when I moved out to Los Angeles and started working in the film industry, you constantly had to prove yourself every job, every social situation. And that's also why going back to the conferences, I dread them because every interaction at a conference is about proving yourself. And then my work in this industry in social media, it's always about proving yourself. How many followers do you have? What content have you created? How many people listen or watch? You know, it's all of this has been about proving, proving, how exhausting to live your whole life trying to prove yourself as I have. I'm sick of it. But yet here I am back in Web3 as a newbie feeling like I have to prove myself. Am I a glutton for punishment? Or is that just how life works? Or maybe life can work that way, but you can choose to opt out of it. So what if, and here's the message I've come to the conclusion of, 
What if you just opt out of proving yourself and go back to the little garden's recommendation? I want to know her name. I don't have, I'm going to look this up in real time because I feel bad referring to her. So TikTok at the underscore little garden. What is her name? Hopefully she wrote it. Jan. Aw. It's so funny. The name Jan, I associate with women her age. I feel like that must have been such a popular name. I have no idea exactly how old she is. I would guess 70s or 80s. Oh my gosh. Just looking at the titles of her video, like one of them's Don't Fear Criticism. Ooh, I wish I could watch that right now. (gasps) I wonder if you'll feel the same way. Will you message me and let me know? I would love to know, do you want to hear any of my first kiss stories? I, I'm laughing because I'm like, is it kind of weird that, I don't know, maybe telling those personal stories a little outside my comfort zone, but I'll do it if you ask for it. But anyways, will you tell me if you go watch Jan O'Kelly and Little Garden account? Oh, she even has a website. <gasps> so her website is thelittlegarden.org. And she's a Course in Miracle teacher, which makes sense why I like her. For those that don't know. Marion Williamson, who I referenced before in terms of beyond measure, Marion Williamson is, I don't know if practicer is the right term. And I was right. So Jan is based in Sedona. Oh my gosh. I have deep love for this woman and I barely know her. Wow. I want to dig in. She does retreats. And this is the power of things, right? And this is exactly why ageism is so silly. Because some people might look at Jan's content and be like, oh, She's a quote, old woman. What value does she have? But she has so much wisdom. She gives me so much comfort. I want more Jans in my life. I actually don't really want, you know, there's so much value in people of all ages, kids, babies, teenagers, you know, all these different age ranges. We all have value. But I generally find myself leaning towards a comforting older person like Jan because I'm like, I just feel like you have perspective that you can give me. That doesn't mean you're more valuable. I'm just very drawn to that. But it's so sad that societally we're told, especially as women over and over again, that we lose value when we get older. Isn't that silly? Like, I want to be a Jan. I want to be Marion Williamson. She followed me, my eco-vegan gal account. (laughs) The other day I was thinking, this is years ago, she followed me. I don't even know why, honestly. Could have been her or someone that works for her. No clue. But somehow... Marion Williamson is following me. Last I checked, still was after all these years. And I just think that's the most awesome thing, I think, because I just think Marion Williamson is incredible. And when I see her, people like her, Brene Brown, who I mentioned last, last or recent episode, Elizabeth Gilbert, like these women who are older than me and just like sharing all this wisdom. And I love how Elizabeth Gilbert never looks like she's wearing makeup and she's just like, doing her thing. I love that. That's the type of person I am, but I'm afraid. I'm so afraid of being judged. And Glennon Doyle, who I mentioned too, like, oh, the episode that I listened to of Glennon's, which I will link to in the show notes for this, was uh, recommended by my friend Leanne, who was a guest on the show. We did the big road trip together. And actually, the one and only time I went to Sedona, Arizona, where Jan lives, was with Leanne on our road trip. So it feels like everything I bring up today is somehow connected. Isn't that interesting? How I started off this episode thinking everything was going to be all over the place, but truly everything has been connected in one way or another. Even my first kiss, but you know, my first date back in college somehow connected into all this. So Leanne suggested that I listen to this episode of Glennon Doyle's show with Martha Beck. And Martha was on two episodes, but I think it's the second episode. And she talks about the consensus and how so many of us look to the consensus before making a decision or in order to make a decision, we go to the consensus. And she said, instead of focusing on the consensus, focus on your senses, come to your senses. I mean, I could barely do justice and everything that they talked about. But that was the line that Leanne said to me that made me listen to that episode. And wow, so good. And part of what makes it so good is it's just Glennon. I think her wife, Abby, is on the show. I feel like Glennon's sister might be on this episode too. Maybe there's four of them talking with Total because Martha's there too. And 
just so good. It was, you just hear these women talking about how their lives have shifted and their perspectives have shifted and how they've just tuned inwards, even when their decisions and their instincts went against the consensus. And so I guess that's the big lesson here is that it's all okay. Everything that we're doing is okay. Even if it feels like we're an outcast, that's okay. It's also a big lesson in that episode. I think that's why anytime I start to doubt myself and second guess my work, I try to show up on this podcast because if I can just inspire one person who listens in the way that Glennon inspired me and Jan inspired me, that's enough. That is enough. Even if I don't inspire anyone, even if you unsubscribe from my show today, which sometimes, you know, in the past, that's brought me so much pain when people unsubscribe, unfollow, place so much attachment to that. Just doesn't matter though, because at the end of the day, what I'm doing is ultimately for me because it's based on my senses and it doesn't have to line up with the consensus. And there are enough people who have found value in the work that I do to keep me going. And that's just so huge. That's why I want to hear from you. That's why I'd love to have you in the Beyond Measure community. I have not charged at all for Beyond Measure. It actually costs me money. Every month, I'm losing money on Beyond Measure. Not that much. It doesn't cost a lot to run it. But I spend probably about five hours a month working on it and some money running it. And I haven't charged anyone because that's at the root. That's not why I do Beyond Measure. Beyond Measure has always come out of this deep desire to connect with people and offer a safe space where nobody feels like they have to prove themselves because everybody in Beyond Measure is innately worthy and valuable. And people have that I've invited into Beyond Measure, given that it's been an invite-only process thus far. Every person I've invited has said something to me along the lines of, well, I don't know what value I have to share to the group, or I'm too shy, I don't feel comfortable, I don't know. And everybody who's shown up consistently to Beyond Measure has added value beyond measure, truly, truly. Like It blows my mind how these people who feel insecure about their appearances, they've told me this or insecure that they don't have anything to add or have apologized. You know, people have cried on the calls and then written me and said, I'm so sorry for crying. I'm like, wait, you don't understand. Some of the most powerful calls that we've had with Beyond Measure have been because somebody cried. And I don't want to encourage someone to cry, but wow, like the ripple effect. I I remember those calls so vividly because it's like that connection you feel to someone when they are vulnerable enough to cry in front of you is one of the greatest gifts. And then there are people that have come and gone from beyond measure. And I miss them like friends. There's a few people in particular, maybe maybe one of you is listening, that I deeply miss. And I'm trying to respect them and be like, okay, right now, they don't want to be part of beyond measure. That's okay. But I miss them. My heart aches for them because how much I've connected to them through beyond measure. And If I had it my way, I would want every single listener of this show to be in Beyond Measure because I just want to know you. And granted, if everybody who listened to the show joined Beyond Measure, it probably wouldn't even give that opportunity for me to get to know you. It'd be too many people, Uh, (laughs) which is the downside to having a large group is that you don't get to connect. And the plus side right now is Beyond Measure is very small and intimate. And in a way, I hope it never gets really big because I want it to feel intimate. If it does get big, I will find a way to keep it intimate somehow. That's my that's my aim. I don't know what Beyond Measure will be or become evolved into, but right now I cherish the small group conversations and I would love, love, love to have you part of it. So I'll link to it. It's at WhitneyLauritson.com slash beyond dash measure. Or you can just go to WhitneyLauritson.com. I think when you get to the landing page, it's not listed there yet. But once you click into WhitneyLauritson.com, it's absolutely at the top in the menu bar. And it's there's only four options there. It's like, you can learn about me, find Beyond Measure, Web3, and then there's like a media page that I have. So that's also linked in the description or the show notes of this episode at WellEvator.com. That's W-E-L-L-E-V-A-T-R 
com. So regardless of how you find it, or you can message me. <laughs> I know it's so hard to find things sometimes, no matter how hard I try. So it's in the show notes. It's on my website. And you can also reach out to me via email or direct message, and I will send you any link you need. I'm also going to link to Jan's website and her TikTok account. I hope you check it out. If you do, let me know if she resonates with you. And my wonderful show notes episode editor is also going to link to everything else I mentioned. So go to wellevator.com. Again, that's W-E-L-L-E-V-A-T-R.com. Find the podcast episode and you've got the full transcript and every single resource there in one place to make it super easy for you. Thank you so much for listening. This episode went in directions that I had no idea it was going to go in. <laughs> so I appreciate you being part of the journey, truly. It feels like a journey every episode. And it means the world to me that you listen because anyone who listens to the show clearly holds space for me in a deep, meaningful way. And I really hope that that adds value to you. And I want to hold space for you too over at Beyond Measure. So that's my way of like giving back. And uh, yeah, that's it for today. So until next time, I'll be back. Let me see who I have coming up on the show for you this Friday. I have somebody that I have not yet recorded with. It's always kind of cool when that happens. I'm like, wow, what'll it be like? <laughs> I've interacted with this person through email only, and this person sounds wonderful. So you are in store for something great, uh, I assume, based on that interaction. So subscribe if you want to be notified of that episode on Friday, and I'll be back then, plus the following Monday for another solo episode, which I have no idea what it will be. If you have any suggestions for topics, I'd love to hear it too. Until then, I'm wishing you all the very best with your overall well-being and your journey. And just know, like Jan says, it's all okay. This is all part of your inner awakening. So take a deep breath and know that everything is truly okay. Thanks for listening and getting out of your comfort zone with us today. For show notes and more high-performance resources to help you thrive, go to wellevator.com. That's W-E-L-L-E-V-A-T-R.com.